and welcome back to One Conversation, the podcast where we believe one conversation can change a life. If you listened to our last episode, you know that we were talking about gender roles and media, and <clears throat> we gave a little hint that a future episode we would be going through ads and giving our real reactions to the ads, kind of dissecting them, seeing what's going on there. Well, guess what? That day is today. <laughs> <laughs> the day is come. <laughs> Unfortunately, we are missing JC. She is recording a Spanish episode this week. Uh, we will miss her, but um, at the end, we're going to ask you to send in some of your ads, and I'm going to ask that you please do that so that JC can see them as well. <laughs> yes. We'd love putting you on the spot for conversations. So yeah, we're definitely going to invite you to um, bring some material our way, right? That we can kind of put in JC's face, maybe get some reaction from her as well. So definitely can't yes. leave her out. No, no. So last episode, again, if you haven't listened to it, <clears throat> go back, give that a listen, uh, just to make sure that you're connecting all the dots with this conversation that we're about to have today. But just a brief overview we talked about gender roles and what the media commonly wants us to believe about gender roles. So that would be men as being dominant, emotionless. Uh, they have to be the strong one, the tough one. Um, you know, they, they just can't show any sign of weakness or any hint of femininity. Femininity is also constructed, right? Socially constructed. And women we see as needing to be domesticated, needing to uh, show, you know, good housewife skills, needing to be the one with the emotions, the caretaker, and that men and women, those roles, they can't intertwine. They're just separate silos. That's how it exists, or at least that's how it's advertised to us. So we are really excited about this episode. It's going to be kind of a casual conversation. You'll see a little bit of what we've been doing to really prep for this episode is going through go doing Google searches for ads. You'll get our real and raw reactions to some of them, <laughs> uh, which, yeah, it'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, we we're, we're just going to keep it casual and... We were trying our hardest to save our reactions for this recording. So we actually like tried to keep yes. ourselves from really diving in and looking too much, right? We were just trying to make sure yeah. it was objectively appropriate, right? To kind of be sharing on screen. But other than that, we're like, oh, save it, save it. There's too much on here. Um, so yeah, this is going to be definitely an interesting, <laughs> definitely a little different of an episode today, but I think this is going to be educational but also pretty funny and uh and enjoyable so i look forward i look forward to today i think it's going to be interesting yes so diving in we are going to be sharing screens and the first screen that i'm going to share is actually an article that i came across while prepping for this episode and i will go ahead and share that because i'll just explain it while, <clears throat> while i'm showing it to you guys so there might be a couple seconds here where you have to uh, bear with us while we screen share. And if you're only listening to this and not watching the YouTube, this is definitely one where we recommend watching the YouTube. And this link to this article will also include in 
our, I guess, the description of this video so that you yes. can go back and read this article because I found it fascinating. So all credit to this person here. Um, I don't want to attempt to say the name and say it incorrectly. You guys can see the screen. All credit to this person for this article. There are plenty of references down below. So we know that this is uh, not something that they just decided to come up with one day. This is how it is. Okay, so this starts talking about this Unilever. I don't even know if I'm saying that correctly, but this is a That's parent correct. company. <laughs> I don't know how, Unilever, Unilever, we'll call Unilever. Tomato, uh, tomato. So <laughs> they are the parent company of both Dove and Axe. So we're gonna start this off by talking about Dove and Axe. If you're familiar with the recent Dove commercials, you know that they're going more towards body positivity and then Axe, we did talk about a little bit in our last episode as their ads being really objectifying and really enforce it, reinforcing those gender roles. So interesting note, starting off there, that they're actually owned by the same parent company. I just think about, yeah, that's so different. It's such different messaging. I'm just thinking about like them being owned right by that same company and just the complete polar opposite style of yes. messaging, right? That they're kind of delivering to both directly towards males and females, right? So that that really is mm -hmm. kind of, I would have never thought they were owned by the same company, right? Right. just based on ideals, right? I would have never thought that's super interesting. Right. And so we go into this a little bit of a history lesson about how we got here with advertising. So uh, we'll go ahead and right now give a content warning for this episode. We're gonna be showing pictures that are readily, not only readily available on the internet, but have been purposefully made for consumer consumption uh, for people to see these ads out in public. A lot of them should not have passed that test. <laughs> so just giving a content warning now that we will be showing things that are totally public, but you may want to uh, just take a little bit of caution seeing yeah. these images. Here we have a tobacco poster, uh, Pearl Tobacco. So this is one of the first ads that really used sexual imagery to sell their product it worked fantastically for them so many questions is there tobacco even in the image how would you know honestly this i mean it looks like beautiful fine art to me but if i saw this and i thought like oh this is selling a product i would be really confused about what that product was right i mean how would you unless obviously at that time pearl must have been a very popular tobacco company right but even I'm assuming still, like, what, are they, what are they selling? Like, what is this image selling? Like, where's the product, right? Yeah, I think we'll run into that a lot today of like, okay, we see this image and we see the name <laughs> that, of a company that we recognize, but how are you getting us to buy the product because you're showing us a naked body? Right, like, what are you selling? What is actually being uh, yeah. through this it image? It doesn't make sense to us but it works as far as advertising goes. So mm -hmm. that's why we keep seeing it because it's selling. So this ad was so successful. And that's such a good point. That they 
just decided, okay, I guess nudity can sell things. And that led to where we ended up today with all the ads that we will be going through. And that article too, don't they say that this, after this publishing campaign, or I'm sorry, this marketing campaign came out, didn't they see a significant increase in sales as well, right? From this, this ad. Oh yeah, right here. This advertisement alone drastically increased the company's revenue. Soon enough, many other brands took inspiration from Pearl Tobacco and followed this strategy with sexual imagery and innuendos embedded in their advertisements. Interesting. So there, wow, really the pioneers. We've kind of like established the source of, of objectification in, in advertising. I think oh, so. Cool. I mean, there's, <laughs> you know, you can see the citations listed in here. So yeah. And uh, thanks, Pearl. <laughs> How dare you, Pearl? Oh, you're good. Oh, but it's just, yeah, that's really interesting. right off the bat. Again, like there's just not even a sign of a product, right? It doesn't even say, there's not even print that it says like Pearl tobacco or whatever on the image, right? It's yeah, fascinating, fascinating to think about. But we talked a little bit about last time, right? So in our last episode, again, if you haven't listened in, um, it's a little longer one, but a completely uh, important conversation it kind of covers everything we're going to be dismantling here today. Uh, but we mm -hmm. talked about how it works either way, right? Because we said, even if you're looking at yep. the image, you're like, I don't get it, my reaction right now, right? Like, I don't get it what product are they selling? There's still an air that I'm still talking about it, right? And even if I was really offended, say if I was like, Brianna, did you see this Pearl ad and show it to her, right? And say like, did you see this? I don't even get this. Well, now I'm just marketing their product, right? And mm -hmm. other side of the coin, you're either having that reaction I had of like, what is this? Let me kind of continually look into it, right? And kind of pay more attention or you were like, oh, that Pearl ad is awesome, right? It kind of has that that double-edged sword kind of effect, right? Because we're marketing the product regardless. It's reactionary, sure, but it's getting us to, yeah, be good little um, promoters, right? Because again, mad or happy about it, I'm still talking about it, right? So that's something kind of interesting to keep in mind and maybe why they make it a little bit challenging to figure out like, what are they selling? Because the more we're like investigating that, it's kind of like mm -hmm. the more attention we have on it, right? The more we're kind of taking that in or really studying that image or studying that message. So perhaps, I mean, I don't know, that may not be the reason why, but I'm just thinking, right? I'm like, that's an interesting kind of idea to put out there that may be why they make it really challenging, right? Kind of get us to take more time thinking about it. I mean, it just worked on both of us. We hadn't heard of Pearl <laughs> Tobacco until just now. Fell so for it. blind yeah. sinker on that one. <laughs> fell for it. Yeah, you guys saw that happen in real time. You really did. <laughs> and that's what they were going for. <laughs> You'll continually see that happen today with us when we are probably shocked at most of the things we see. So yeah. Yeah. So then it goes into a little bit of positivity here. So this is talking about how Dove has come out with quite a few different campaigns, talking about the perfect real body or real beauty. Uh, there's some commercials that came through. Oh man, I'm trying to think of one specific one because there was I think five or six different ones that they've done over the years, just really encouraging body positivity, body confidence, no matter what your body looks like, you know, loving yourself for who you are, what you look like right now, not feeling like you need to look like all the high fashion models. We'll get to that. <laughs> Those ads later. So Dove the past few years 
I think has really done a good job of showcasing real bodies and not just leaving it up to the photoshoppers or the size zero size two women to take up the whole market. You know, they're really hiring women who have realistic bodies in their campaigns. One of their campaigns, wasn't it alongside of a Victoria's Secret model campaign, right? Of I think it I think their slogan was the perfect oh, body, yeah. but of course was Victoria's Secret models, right? So really, I mean, still again, like could be beautiful women, but just one type, right? One body shape, one style of women. Um, and yeah, one of their campaigns I think was that uh, perfect body, right? And it was kind of that duality, that that side by side, right? It's not just these perfect bodies that are one shape, but also all of these are included. So yeah, they've done they've done a lot, I think, to and especially, right, like incorporating themselves with high-end companies, right, such popular companies, right, like Victoria's Secret, mm -hmm. I think caused a lot of visibility, I think, towards this as well. You're right. And I actually just looked on another tab while you were saying that, and it is this picture here that we're looking at that was the comparison uh, that was used in that campaign of talking about real bodies versus those Victoria's Secret bodies. Yeah. So there you go. Advertising worked again. You remembered that campaign. <laughs> it did it again. Yeah, that's going to be like the theme <laughs> of the day. <laughs> it's happened again. It's working. It's really, I mean, it does. That's the, that's kind of the wild part about it, right? Is it, man, there's really, there's really some powerful ways that these images really stick in your mind that kind of attach a memory yes. to it, right? Or a reference or yeah, so it's just really, really kind of wild stuff, the power of all this, of all this advertising. Yes. So we've built ourselves up. We're feeling confident, feeling like we can be comfortable in our own bodies, no matter what it looks like. And we're going to break it down here in a second. Talking about acts. <laughs> Moving on. Here we have this. And there's a few different versions of this axe ad. So here we have what looks to be a male in the shower. It says the cleaner you are. It looks to be a woman with some sort of toy here. Uh, it says the dirtier you get. So the cleaner you are, the dirtier you get. Again, these are companies that are owned by the same parent company. One advertising for this body positivity and one giving us this. <laughs> You would just never think, again, it blew my mind to hear that this is the same company, just values, morals, and imagery and messaging alone, right? It just seems like obviously two polar opposite things, right? On one hand of the coin, we have marketing that's supposed to be directed only at women. That's empowering, right? Trying to create space, trying to be inclusive, trying to show, right, other examples. But at the same time, look at, I mean, the messaging for women in this ad, right? Uh, first and foremost, this is extremely objectifying to both genders in this ad. This is objectifying mm -hmm. to men and women, right? We're, we're not even showing their face. Their identity is obviously not important. It's really about their body, right? It's about what their body is kind of saying in these images, right? And again, it goes back to uh, men's hygiene. You know, if you're taking care of yourself, like this is kind of what's going to happen, right? The more you take care of yourself and uh, use acts and manscape and whatever that is, right? Like your life is going to be maybe all these things happening with these women, right? And so mm -hmm. just right off the bat, that's really, it's it's wild to think about, again, the the total opposite messages they're sending to women, right? Even though, again, this one's supposed to be marketed more towards men. This is a men's product. Um, yeah, it's just, it's wild to think about those inconsistencies just in one company. That's really interesting. 
Yeah, and that just made me think about maybe they are just really looking at what sells for each gender. So maybe women wanting to buy, you know, that feminine scented soap, women might be more into that body positivity. Whereas men, I mean, okay, gigantic stereotypes throwing it out here. Okay, not saying all women, not saying all men. <laughs> but <laughs> maybe they saw, maybe they did a little teaser of the body positivity and it ended up increasing revenue. So they say, okay, do more of that. But with mm. the men, it was like, if it ain't fixed or if it ain't broken, don't fix it. And sure. they're making money off of these types of ads targeted towards men. You're going to change something to potentially make less money as a giant company. Probably not. You're going to keep doing the status quo. Yeah. So I think that leads into our conversation, uh, you know, talking about gender roles, talking about what we've seen in ads throughout history. We saw that very first one that kind of unfortunately pioneered this movement. But what do you say we get into it and look at some of our, uh, I was going to say oldies, but goodies, but they're not really that good. They're shocking. <laughs> they're not good. <laughs> we'll look at our oldies. We'll just stop the, the, the statement the there. Oldies. <laughs> the oldies. Yeah, so if you want to go ahead, Brianna, and do a stop share on yours, uh, perfect. That way this one's a little bit larger. So we're going to go ahead and look at some vintage ads. And just so you guys know as well, kind of what we were searching, because this is work. Obviously, we wanted to do this here with you today, um, you know, touching base with our last episode, right? We wanted to create a space where we were showing you this, kind of doing this in real time. But we obviously want you, um, you know, if you found this interesting or you want to continue this, it's super easy to kind of do this research on your own. So that being said, we want to let you know what we're searching. Um, so you know kind of exactly how we found what we found. Um, and it may encourage you again to kind of do your own search and your own research. So for this page in particular, we're looking at right now, we just searched vintage objectifying advertisements. Um, and of course, too, if you just search vintage advertisements, you're going to get a lot of objectifying ones. We wanted to make sure that we were kind of highlighting specific um, examples and citing things we were directly talking about in this conversation. So that's how we found in this page. And so to kind of start uh, like, where do we start, right? Uh, but to kind of start... There's that one you're going to quiz me on. Yes. <gasps> okay. So yes. here is this little ditty. I wish we could make it even bigger, um, like a full screen, full screen. But thinking this might be as big as we're going to get it. Oh, yeah, this might be as big as we're going to get it. So um, this vintage ad... Um, and I can tell you, even without text on this, because I actually know this ad already, which is why I'm going to quiz Brianna a little bit. Um, this is a Van Housen company ad. I'm not going to tell you what that is because it may give you help for what the product is, but a Van Housen company ad. The tagline, if you're just listening or can't quite see it on the screen, is it's nice to have a girl around the house. And so everything about this image is pretty... Um, just like head shake worthy right off the bat, right? So, but I wanted to ask Brianna, and that's why we saved this. We almost did this before we started recording. We were like, no. But Brianna, quiz, <laughs> what are they selling, right? Just like our question with the tobacco ad when I was like, I, I couldn't even understand the product they're selling here, right? It's kind of just like yeah. an image I'm seeing. So, what do you think they're so, selling? Okay, I was going to guess something along the lines of a vacuum or some kind of floor cleaner just because she's on the floor. But 
Vanhausen, Fusen, Vanhausen. Isn't that a menswear line? Mm. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I'm gonna something about cleaning floors. I'm gonna go with my initial reaction. I could see where you were framing that response. I could see how that out of the nonsense that this image is, I can see how that made yeah. sense to you. In fact, this image is uh, for advertising pants, pants, men's pants. And um, yeah, the correlation between, I mean, why this has to be absolutely so derogatory and offensive towards women, we don't know. Maybe the whole wear the pants thing, right? I, I, I just still don't know. I still don't know um, the message that's come out. Like half tiger or almost full tiger, and it's like, uh, I yeah, yeah. The the level of objectification that's going on here, right? And to kind of just dismantle it, we talked about objectification last time. We cited a definition, right? It's it's degrading someone to the status of a thing or an object, right? And so, do we see that happening here? Uh, yes, one million percent, right? Um, she's essentially her body has been replaced with a rug. Um, and she's being literally stepped on like a map, right? Again, I don't know how, maybe like you wear the pants, you have control, this is your roles, considering you are the one wearing the pants with control and that's why she's here, I don't know. Um, but regardless, this is a really, really, really offensive image, right? That's somehow trying to sell us pants. Um, at the end of the day, it's just really important, right? To start thinking about when we are objectifying someone in this way, right? When we're putting someone in a role that they've just become a thing or an object, this is going to sound like a little maybe like too broad or a little bit wild, but to really harp, harp on this for a second, because it's extremely important. When we objectify someone to the status of a thing or an object, um, it doesn't like directly cause violence, right? Like this image is not going to directly cause violence. But essentially, those are the first steps that we take against maybe a person or a group of people, right, to normalize violence against them. This is chronically, historically how it works throughout time, right? If there's any been any groups of people uh, where awful things have happened to that group of people or a certain person, right, or a type of person, um, it all comes down to really first kind of objectifying them, right, kind of taking some of their humanity away. And again, that's historical, mm -hmm. right? So thinking about this in context, these images become a lot more kind of insidious, right, as, as you know, more than just the crazy image we see on the screen, it really could have a detrimental effect, right? In framing the way that we can normalize violence against somebody, right? Think about maybe even a young man at this time period internalizing this message that this is my role as a man, that this is totally acceptable. Not only totally acceptable mm -hmm. in this way, but we advertise that it's okay to legitimately step on women, right? Like, and again, that 10 hours a day we talked about last time or just that overexposure to media that we talked about where those messages mm -hmm. get in think about the messages that are being sent, right? And so, yeah, historically, some of these vintage ads, um, as far as, especially gender roles go, right, were just so much more, in a lot of ways, like kind of a lot more blatant, right, with the gender specific messaging they were giving off. But I mean, we're, we're gonna see that in today's day and age as well, right, with like modern media. But something just, again, kind of interesting and important to think into that process or into that system, right, to objectify someone, and then how violence can really become inevitable, right, towards that person, that group of people. Yeah. And so let's move on a little bit here. Let's see. Let's just go through the list. Um, oh, we we saw this one earlier. Mm -hmm. 
this was a little bit easier, I think, to, to guess what it is because there's the company logo right there. There's beer bottles on the table. Uh, but yeah, this was a beer app that came out probably 50s or 60s. Um, you see a housewife um, shedding a gentle tear because she looks like she has burned the dinner. Uh, and the tagline is, don't worry, darling, you didn't burn the beer, right? So again, some of these, um, it's almost like it's almost kind of comical how again blatant and like offensive and really generalizing and stereotyping some of these images were right just thinking about yeah. at that time like that was my role right like my role was to like when my husband came home have dinner on the table right or hand him that drink when he came home i feel like that was a super common 50s thing is that just from like yes. did you just see that in like 50s shows and we just think that's a thing that like a man comes home and like the wife just like hands him a martini I feel like that was like a a message put out and you know I feel like we see it in TV shows and movies because it was a real thing. So that was. Yeah, that's why I was like I'm curious, was that just like projected? Like that was like what was supposed to be going on or like was that like you know like part of the whole process, right? Part of like the whole mm -hmm. role back in the day. So yeah, so that's another um I mean that one does a pretty good job, right? Kind of showing us especially some of again these these roles that especially in that time, right, were were really accepted, right? And expected mm -hmm. of you. Not only accepted, yes. they were expected of you, right? And so let's uh, let's dive into maybe one more here before we kind of switch gears. We have a couple different um, categories of ads we want to look at today. How about what is going on? Oh, this is um, this is another one. This is another Van Housen. Actually, you were right when it's uh, when you said you thought it was menswear. Mm -hmm. um, so. Again, since the text is a little bit small, the image is a little mm -hmm. bit smaller on this one. Um, we see a woman kind of kneeling by a man's bedside. She has like a little bed tray. It looks like she's bringing him maybe breakfast in bed. Uh, he's got his kind of hands aptly behind his head in like a power pose. And it says, show her it's a man's world. So again, right, we can debunk, we can kind of pick apart a million different underlying messages <laughs> within this simple image, right? Even yes. just going into, a woman, it kind of just even the the positioning she's in, right? Kind of in a right. submissive position, right? She's kind of on her knee, bowing to the master. Yeah, bowing down, right? Kind of providing like or just lavishing him, right? Bringing him his breakfast and just bowing down. Very almost, yeah, royal kind of aspect to it. And how are ties supposed to show her it's a man's world? Again, where's the correlation? <laughs> Maybe because men only wear ties, which is not like a thing. And especially now, there's like plenty of women that wear ties. But especially back right. in the 50s, I could imagine, right? Like women were not wearing ties. So like maybe tie in that world. power. <laughs> right? Or like maybe like ties, like I'm obviously a man if I'm wearing a tie in this time period. I don't, I don't know. I feel like yeah. that is that's a million dollar question with so many of these. Like how is this mm -hmm. actually supposed to be speaking to this product or like, where is the product? Like, what are you selling? Right. That's, yeah. man, I feel like how a lot of this stuff works a lot of the time, right. Just we're generally confused and just like, I don't know what I saw, but I kind of feel uncomfortable. Right. I kind of have a reaction from it, man. Advertisers, they've been getting us all day, Brie. They're, they're going to continue mm -hmm. to get us too. Right. Oh yeah. So moving on um, from these vintage ones, I mean, because, yeah, again, vintage really kind of they set the stage. Right. And there's so many more. Again, we're only showing you a little bit of a glimpse because we could first off make this so long. And second, you know, if you're interested in this stuff, there's just a wealth of knowledge out there. Right. To look into and mm -hmm. discover with every category. So 
again, there's so many more kind of vintage ads we could look at and pick apart. We're going to move on to some other categories, but they really did um, in a lot of ways, right? Even before, and it's interesting because there is still a lot of objectification going on, right? We obviously saw in that tiger carpet image, right? We see a lot of, even in some ways, kind of sexualization in these images a little bit, but interesting to think about because we still have a lot of gender roles being pushed and even sometimes more blatantly than we do now. And another interesting thing to think about, this was like before Photoshop, right? So this was like kind of like a different way of even marketing sometimes um, towards women, right? And we kind of see it's, it started off on the foot of really maybe showing women a little bit of how they should look like, right? Because they're still showing idyllic body shapes. A lot of the other ads are for about uh, body shapers and bras and things like that, right? For female image or makeup, hygiene products. Um, but yeah, so it, it's starting off to really show kind of a certain specific role for women, right? And a role for men as well. And so, um, and a lot of that, you know, especially that, that false imagery, the Photoshop and a lot of that kind of pressure, we see that being added on. So it's just really interesting, right? There's already so much pressure. We've only been able to really grow on that, right? With the additions of false images, right? For ideal image, uh, ideal standards of beauty and things like that. So keep that in mind as we go on, right? This was kind of before we could really, really market um, some really damaging images towards women, right? In really objectifying ways. So talking about ads that are blatant, I know that there can be subliminal imagery in ads too. Could you oh, yeah. chat about that a little bit? I know there's a few things to look out for that always fascinates me that that's even a thing because it is such a supplemental message that you know we can be shocked by an ad outright but sometimes we really should be shocked by ads that we just accept because we're not noticing they have those messages in them yeah so there's actually um a few things advertisers do to put in essentially subliminal um eye-catching or really to just draw us to the image without us knowing it. So there's certain shapes and there's certain colors. And I love teaching this, especially when I do this whole unit and I teach this at the high school. I love sharing this part because they then become kind of little detectives and then they're looking at the ads and they're like, oh my God, I see so many triangles and things, right? So to break this down, um, and a lot of this may sound like, what, right? But these are kind of things <laughs> that have been studied these are things that have kind of been like research in our human minds right um so to start off first off the image of a triangle is super powerful to us for a i think a great number of reasons but the human mind right we see the images of triangles it's super eye-catching and there are uh, there's different uh research done right that kind of shows that triangles especially have different um kind of gendered or sexualized kind of messaging behind them, right? So go with me. I know this is, you're starting to be like, this sounds crazy. So thinking back, and if you have ever seen like the Da Vinci Code, a lot of this is gonna ring, um, it's gonna sound pretty familiar to you. So the image of a triangle, again, historically used this way, but the image of a triangle, um, especially upside down, right? Or the shape of a V has historically represented, again, go with me, historically represented a woman's womb, right? Uh, so just this image in and of itself. And obviously the letter V, I think I'll give you all our listeners out there a moment and you can think about how the letter V may be correlated to female sexuality, right? I'll just give you like a, boom, I saw the face that Brianna got it in like one second, right? So yeah, so <laughs> V 
the image of a V, an upside down triangle, again, it has uh, correlations to um, female womb, female fertility, and again, the letter V, right? And then of course, if we turn this upside down now, which is, this is a very historical shape, right? We see this throughout ancient times, the pyramids, uh, the Egyptian obelisk, which now there's a complete replica of the obelisk in Washington, DC, right? So now we have this upside down triangle, and this now speaks to male virility and fertility, right? And again, I'll give you intelligent listeners and Brianna a second to think about how like maybe just a pointy object could be attributed to male sexuality. I see Brianna smirking, she's caught on, right? So <laughs> and actually, right, if we look back, the Egyptian obelisk, which is just one big pillar with a pyramid at the top, um, they were very blatant because at that time, male sexuality was a uh, a really powerful thing in their culture, right? It was kind of a carried on lineage and sexuality just had a totally different kind of value and construct there, right? And so they would actually be the first ones to tell you that that statue completely represented like male virility and power. That's what it's about. And of course, yeah, that's what it's representing, right? That's kind of like male's power to them, right? And so images of triangles are used a lot in imagery, okay? And so once we start kind of getting back in, we can start kind of playing with this and seeing. So images of triangles, huge, right? Upside down or whatever way it is. Also, um, colors become really important. The color red is super important for a lot of reasons, right? So we could take this back biologically, but even now, right? The color red is really attached to what is what is red usually to you? Like, what do you attach the color red to usually? Love or some kind of being fiercely on fire for something, or yeah. like red lipstick as being some some sort of seductive. Yes, 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 and yes. So first off, yeah, it's really attached to passion, right? We know Valentine's Day, love, um, passion, and things like that, right? Uh, the color red we really attach to that. Interesting that you mentioned red lipstick, okay? Because biologically, not only do we kind of, uh, we're attracted to red for that reason, it is kind of romantic, passionate, um, really symbolic, colorful for us in that way, but also biologically, okay? So think back, this is getting crazy now. Think back to when we were like hunters and gatherers, right? Literally our one job was to find a mate to basically pass our genes, but also we really focused on like, we have to make like a healthy baby. At that time, you were living outside, with like wild animals and like saber tooth tigers or whatever. And like, you had to make sure, right? If I'm gonna make a baby, we're gonna be successful. I have to make sure that this is gonna be a strong baby. It's gonna literally survive out here, right? And there's like a thousand diseases and animals and X, Y, and Z, right? So at that time, there was certain biological attractions that we had to males and females and really spoke to our genetics. So first interesting thing, males with big square jaws, that kind of big chiseled look we like, Males that have bigger jaws, it means that something within their immune system, they have more antibodies and they're able to fight off diseases easier. So they're actually like genetically healthier as far as their immune system goes. So yeah, super interesting, right? But we really latched onto that. Again, biologically at that time, those were features we really had to pay attention to, right? It didn't, it wasn't just aesthetics. It really spoke to your ability to, to have a strong immune system and strong genes, right? And red lips for females. So when females are ovulating, AKA able to get pregnant, our lips dilate with blood. So our lips what? actually are a little more plump and a little more red or pinkish when we're ovulating. And it's actually, and think about like the way animals do this, right? Think about the way like birds, you know, like turn different colors or show different colors, right? To like kind of like initiate like a mating process. Biologically, this was kind of like a, almost like a little like, not warning sign, but it was almost like a little indicator to men, like, hey, you know, like 
if you're looking to make a baby, like I kind of can, right? I'm kind of in that stage and you can kind of see that, right? So it's kind of an indicator of that. Again, super interesting. And I'm not saying that now we're like, oh, red lips, she's ready to go, right? She could have a baby. Like, (laughs) no, but biologically, these are things that really, I mean, impacted us as a species, right? So again, red lips being a little more plump, being more red, um, that was a really biologically attractive thing. And red lipstick was actually the first makeup that was created. And it was for that reason, because they knew if they could just even accentuate this feature, how biologically powerful that is, right? It's very eye-catching. It's very alluring, very sexualized, especially, right? Just being drawn into kind of red lips and speaking. And so, yeah, so to take that into kind of what seems like a crazy Rick and Morty side note of like a transition somewhere else. We have really interesting things like that for specific reasons, right? So again, that color, powerful. And for all those biological reasons and all those current, right? We just have attached that color Mm -hmm. to something that's passionate. Um, And the last thing, so outside of triangles, the color red, we also know that the color blue, uh, in a lot of ways, we discussed this last time, we've really attached blue to kind of masculinity, right? And so we see that also being used in imagery. So sometimes, especially if there's male dominant imagery going on, we see a lot of that color um, being displayed, almost kind of coinciding with that, right? So again, there's what you can look for. And now you can have a lot of fun. You'll be looking at ads now, noticing triangles, noticing red, maybe red lipstick, especially, or just red features or details. Um, and a lot of it, like you really start to kind of see, right? And this is like someone's job. I, I always say to my kids, I wish I like made this up and this was some crazy conspiracy I had, but I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. like someone's job is like kind of rearranging or configuring, right? Or adjusting color or adjusting like how we're going to pose to kind of create this a lot of the time, right? And it does work. It is really effective. So keep that in mind as we go on here and look at these last couple of categories, because yeah, we'll, we'll be able to kind of point some of those out, I'm sure. Yeah, thank you so much for that. I took a class in college, uh, I think it was called gendered violence. And we talked about a lot of the different things that you can see in ads. I think that's where I first learned about the triangles, but the biologically having more red lips around ovulation, I mean, Hi, I'm pregnant and didn't know that. <laughs> like that's how it happened. <laughs> so thank you for that. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Even like symmetrical features, right? Again, like it all goes into like how healthy you are that you're completely symmetrical, right? Or like these. So yeah, another thing that you guys can have fun. Again, we could spend hours, hours, hours talking about it, but research it, look it up, look into it. And we would love um, to hear feedback if you have any, right? You're always welcome to kind of email stuff into us, comments, questions, suggestions, things that you have found. So we definitely encourage you to kind of, yeah, go off and do that work. And so let's jump back in. So we looked at some vintage ads. Now we're going to kind of segue a little bit before we get into um, a little more kind of modern day, a little kind of objectifying, aka shocking imagery we're going to see. We're just going to take another moment, just kind of look at how throughout time, and especially current, um, we're seeing some gender roles, right? So not just maybe the objectification um, or things like that being marketed, but also specific roles now, right? Um, So to start, we had looked at the Spanhausen, right? This is a pretty common example of a vintage ad showing maybe, you know, what women should be look acting and behaving like, right? Very done up, very submissive, and the same thing coming from a man. I don't know why, P.S. I'm just realizing now this man is in bed receiving breakfast in bed, but he does have a button up and a tie on, which I think is very weird clothing choice for- How else are you gonna display your dominance first thing in the morning? (laughs) I I guess, right? You're like, I needed, like, did he sleep with that on? Like, or did he like get up and put that on and get back into bed? 
right? I don't know. I, again, the questions we'll never know. So again, this was kind of a look at the past, right? Um, but even still, even looking at current apps. So this was, I want to say this was only about like 2017 uh, or around that time, right? So this is a Mr. Clean ad. And if, again, you cannot read it if the text is too small. This says, this Mother's Day, get back to the job that really matters. And we see a mother and we also see um, an eager young girl kind of, I guess, watching her mom clean stuff. Um, and yeah, man, we can just kind of really unpack this. Um, <laughs> I guess the long and short of it, right, is kind of just saying like, hey, girls, it's your job to clean, right? You got to get that. Get stuff back done. to it. It's the most <laughs> you know important job you have. You know what's going to help? Mr. Clean, right? And then we also get an air, right? We get this air kind of talking about last time we said ads sell ideas of normalcy, right? Concepts and images of who we are, right? And now we kind of see the corporation. She's like showing her young daughter, like her daughter is getting such great enjoyment, I guess, spending the day learning from mom how to clean the house, right? So now we have like this twofold. We have first off messaging directly towards women, right? And then we have this normalization that that's supposed to be passed down, that this is so clearly a woman's role, right? That now we see like, yeah, we're teaching our youngins. And that's becoming a very normalized concept, right? That like these are obviously the things that we should be, maybe, and this is what a wholesome family is, right? That's these individuals that share these kind of values and pass on these values, especially to their daughters. And it's a Mr. Clean, not a Mrs. Clean, because of course the man has to have the dominance in the situation. For a second, I was like, that's interesting that it's not Mrs. Clean. And then you dropped that little, I'm like, wow, you're probably right. Would right? it be as respected if it was a Mrs. Clean? I, d I don't know. Now just thinking <laughs> about Mr. and Mrs. Clean, it's just, I don't know why that just suddenly became so funny to me. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, <laughs> who knows if Mrs. Clean really existed. Drop um, your opinion in the comments if Mrs. Clean would be <laughs> as effective. <laughs> What would that what would that be like for you if it was Mrs. Clean? Actually, yeah, I'm curious. Um, so <laughs> let's go ahead. Let's look at, I guess, one more here. Um, I'm trying to find, again, we're just kind of scrolling through. There's like a million. Oh, you got to do the Burger King one. Oh, okay. So let me start by saying um, I cannot believe this exists, this ad. There's like a double. Oh, I guess I'll show you guys the double. Okay. So... What you see on the screen, I guess it's like a double screen. One is looking at, um, I think this is a Carl's Jr. actually, the one that they have food ads and stereotyped print over. Um, but anyway, the one next to it, this is an actual Burger King ad. Uh, the text is covered up, but this is again, another one I've seen and taught about. So I know it's very familiar, unfortunately to me. Um, this one, the tagline is, it'll blow your mind away. And this one, is for a sandwich aptly titled the BK Super 7-Incher. And so let's take a moment here with this horrific little nightmare of a photo. <laughs> and so we could notice a lot of, I guess, uncomfortable messages being kind of shown in this one, right? We could kind of really easily pick apart that this is absolutely supposed to be sexualized, right, in a lot of ways, which, I mean, I don't know, for me, I, I've been like a vegan vegetarian for like two decades too. So like in my mind for me, bringing a hamburger into anything that's supposed to be romantic never makes any sense to me. But uh, again, we see this definitely having an air, like an innuendo here, right? Absolutely. And then a really quick look, right? Really quick look at kind of those concepts we talked about, the image of triangles and the color red, right? So we mm -hmm. see that she has bright red painted lipstick and 
I mean, for right now, for what the image is really trying to kind of portray as an innuendo, right? It's kind of aptly this way, but she has her mouth actually open, but also it's in the shape of a triangle, right? So very eye-catching. So obviously our eyes are really going to be drawn to kind of the center of that image, right? And again, they're using this for a lot of reasons. The over-sexualization of it uh, obviously is going to be pretty eye-catching when we're like, oh, what is going on with this sandwich yeah. right now, right? <laughs> and at the same time, right, we're not only gonna kind of examine that product, and again, it has that catch-22. Either I'm that one that's like, oh my God, did you guys see that Burger King commercial? How are they getting away with this? Or I'm that person that's like, yo, BK Super 7-incher, all the way, man, I'll promote their product, they're awesome, right? And again, they, they win either way, right? They win either way because we're talking about it. But yeah, I mean, just to think about this as like a fast food place. I think it, like we used to go when I was really little, when I was really little, when we used to eat like fast food, we used to go like after a hockey game, right? Or after like practice, we used to play, like we would go to like Burger King, right? Like that's where we would go as like a family or like after church, we would like beg my parents when we were super little, like take us for a happy meal after going to church, right? Um, and so to think about that marketing, right? Thinking about this is like a technically a family restaurant, right? And so this ad, I mean, yeah, it's interesting because it's like, I guess who's it speaking to? I mean, I guess everybody, but just, yeah, interesting. Again, when you think about their base supposedly being like a family establishment, right? Yeah. It is insane. As we talk about this, I feel like it needs almost like content warning. And I'm like, wait, this was printed in magazines and anyone anywhere had the opportunity to come across it. Yeah, it seems weird because it's like here in the setting. And that's the same thing again when I teach this to kids, right? And I, I definitely show them a lot of different ads. And, you know, I say this is stuff that you most yeah. likely have seen, but of course, like we're in class. So seeing an objectifying ad you've seen a million times may seem taboo or just off-putting because we're in this kind of context right now. Um, but yeah, good job, Burger King. You're gross. You're super gross. But Hey, we're still talking about it. They won round two, right? It's happening again. Yep. Ugh. But that being said, so we're going to move on. Um, we touched on vintage, right? We talked a little bit about how we see gender roles now, right? Specific messaging. Um, so now we're going to go into, because there's a whole other kind of wealth of objective advertising. Specifically, we kind of noticed within alcohol companies. And so Bree's going to go ahead and share a screen. Um, and there's kind of like a lot to unpack here. It won't take all the time in the world, but there's definitely yes. lots of examples and things to unpack once we start looking at um, yeah, a lot of these alcohol companies. Yeah. So again, just typed into Google beer offensive ads. And here we go. Uh, what, where do we start here? We saw, or <clears throat> we see this one that we've already dissected a little bit. Uh, oh, here's, here's one that we wanted to chat about. Wait. Yeah. I, yeah. So this one is a woman who looks like she's taking a sip of a beer. There's that red lipstick. And I was just about to say perfect like sip position too where it like looks like you couldn't even take a sip from that angle and it looks like specifically right, you kind of yeah. get her lips in that little triangle position too yeah like she's just in the foam right there you're not getting anything but foam that's not <laughs> not not a realistic sipping position pure foam sweetie uh so it says when you need to get her drunk and we can see in the corner right over here, looks like this is a Budweiser. And then this one 
has a little part two over here. And it says, good news for thousands of girls who have no sex appeal. I'm like, yeah, where do we start? Yeah, I don't, it's so hard. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, okay, let's, let's take a, let's take a second here. So first off, again, we see, um, color red being used, right? We see those triangles. We see mm -hmm. first off in that photo, right? The colored photo, we see just so many creepy messages also being sent, right? First off that we see this yes. man kind of smiling and looming, this objectified man, because we don't know who he is, right? It's just part of his face, but he's just looming in the corner. Um, and apparently watching over the situation, we can greatly assume or use our intelligence and put together that when it says, when you need to get her drunk, that he's the you we're talking about in him. the situation, yes. right? Um, and so let's, let's take that apart here really quick. This horrified us for a few very, very specific reasons. Actually, one really specific reason, um, most of all, right? Because what this is really marketing is that if you uh, maybe want the courage to hook up with somebody, or let's say in this case, it's kind of telling, let's be blunt. In this case, like this ad is really telling men that if you want to get with a woman sexually, that you can get her drunk. And if you need to get her drunk, give her this beer that will work for you, right? Sorry, it's kind of like exactly, exactly. what you're saying, right? So. This is one where the messaging is actually quite clear. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is one where we're not like, what are you selling? Right. Um, but at the end of the day, right, so you're putting out there, you're blatantly putting the message out if you want to, you know, have um, a sexual relation with somebody, especially a female, that getting, their, getting them drunk is probably going to be a good way to go. Oh, I have like red flag alarms that are going off in my head. If you ever, ever were in a situation where maybe someone let's say you're the guy in that situation, right? You're not even intending to try to like get this person drunk for that reason, right? But if you're the guy in that photo and maybe that girl has ingested that and maybe the two of them then go and something sexual happens and let's say she wakes up the next day and is like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. Or like, oh my God, I can't remember what happened. Did something happen? We cannot drive that home enough because this isn't the only messaging mm -hmm. that we see on this, right? Like this is vintage too and again being a little more blatant like but even in movies i think about any right. college age movie i've ever watched that's like the plot of the movie it's like we're all maybe on campus and mm -hmm. our new like exploration of life is fitting in but like also like going to that party and hooking up with this person that's what like this whole movie is all about and it's gonna be okay because if we're like drunk it'll be a lot easier right or like we'll be a lot more comfortable or they won't say no and it's like we are setting you guys up to literally fail because again that's teaching you like exactly what you should not do right uh, mm -hmm. yeah so i'm happy that i'm happy we caught this horrific little number and we're able to have that conversation. Right. Um, and I'm curious because then again, we see the other side just kind of speaking to like women, if you want to feel like more sexy, drink more, which is like, oh, again, really scary messaging for us to see. Um, but yeah, was there anything like else yeah. in that in that subtext or? I'm trying to figure out, cause it looks like maybe that one is just included in the article. Oh, I don't gotcha. think it's, related to the Budweiser. Sure. Um, I have not previously clicked on that. And so we're going to not click on that right now, but feel free. <laughs> like I said, just put in beer offensive ads uh, into Google here. And that's how we landed where we are. Let's see. Oh, as we scroll down. You know, we see things like this. Yeah, I've seen pretty typical kind of girl with the bottle, girl 
becoming the bottle, right? Mm -hmm. Part of the logo, which again, it doesn't seem like a big deal, right? But again, think about that implication. Think about that objectification, taking away status. And we know, again, contextually, historically, that's the first steps towards justifying violence, right? Is really objectifying someone, a group of people. Because let's face it, if we're, you know, treating... Again, thinking about that first image is such an easy correlation, right? We're thinking about women as like carpets in our house, right? Yeah, then we obviously, it's yeah. probably gonna be a whole lot easier if you want to be violent towards somebody. The person that you don't really think is as, is as good as you, right? Uh, a little less human than you, it's it's easier to kind of commit violence, right? In that way, because we're not thinking of people as the same status, which is super unfortunate. Um, but yeah, we see that a lot, right? A lot of the girl becoming the bottle, she is the bottle, we're part of the logo see some see some ooh that's a good objectifying guys one i just saw oh yeah and that happens too we got to bring that up cuz we know right like men are absolutely objectified in media we say the objectification of women a lot more commonly because we know more commonly that it mm -hmm. happens in imagery right but are men are they object? Yes, uh, all the time, right? And they absolutely could be. And this is a great example, right? Um, because even still, you know, we do see their identity, but at the same time, right? If we're selling a beer, is there any need for his shirt to be off? No, no, no. We know we're, we're doing it for a reason, right? But also we're kind of portraying um, the ideal body shape for men, right? We're kind of portraying an image maybe right. of masculinity, right? And again, still showcasing parts of his body that are pretty unnecessary when we're selling a beer, right? Really, he wouldn't even have to be yeah. there to sell the beer. It could just be the bottle. But um, just thinking about that, right? We do see this. It's less common, but I think um, I'm happy we saw that throughout here because, yeah, a great, a great example in the kind of sea of all these mm -hmm. women's examples, right? Let's see. I'm going to look at this one. Oh, where did it go? Right here. So it says Colt 45 introduces the adult game for game adults. It's like a tongue twister. I mean, what I see here is, okay, so they have some sort of alcoholic drink and he's fully clothed while she is not. Looks like maybe a bathing suit. I don't know. So again, the male gets to wear the clothes and the woman, you know, doesn't make it in the ad unless she's fairly clothed. You know, I've had a lot of game nights in my life and me showing up in a bikini was never like part of it. It wasn't like, guys, no. wear whatever, girls come in your swimsuits to game night. No. And again, yeah. yeah, thinking about how really easily this could be just, I mean, glossed over, right? Not like the craziest, most offensive, violent at all image, right? But think about, again, all the messaging, all the connotations here, first off. We can see his face. We kind of know who he is. He gets to be fully clothed. He gets to be actually part of this photo. He actually, you know, has his identity kind of in this image. Then we see, right, mm -hmm. um, first off, a female that her identity is not included. What's highlighted again um, is her body. And it's pretty blatant, right? Because again, there's no reason to show up to game night in a bikini. Um, so yeah, so everything down to kind of who she is, even in comparison, right? Because we can say that now it's like, what's the point of her being there in a bikini and playing like a board game with this man if it's not kind of for like his enjoyment of her doing that, right? Unless unless this is like really her Saturday night clothing attire every Saturday or something, which I doubt, right? So we're giving this idea that especially, you know, women have to have this perfect body, that um, that's kind of what's the value here because obviously it's not her or her face. And at the same time, it's kind of an expectation that this is kind of your role for men, right? To kind of be entertaining in that way, to show up and kind of have, you know, 
something enjoy enjoyable for them to look at, right? So really disparaging messages, again, towards women and what we should look, act, and behave like and the kind of opportunities we feel like we have. And at the same time, we're marketing towards men, right? That this is how women should look. This is how women should maybe act towards you. And this is the kind of role they play in your life, which is, yeah. Also, red shirt, red carpet. Ayo. Just throwing that out there. Ayo. I kind of forgot about the triangles and red things. My little detective mind. We have, <laughs> yeah. And now that you reminded me that we're looking for those, which thank you. Yeah. Great job picking up on that, right? We even see some triangles. We see kind of, uh, you know, it's a kind of like a rounded triangle, but we see her body even kind of creating one between like her shoulder and her hip dip, right? Or that kind of side of her hip. We see his arm creating a triangle there and still red, right? So even throughout, and even, I mean, the square of the board, right? So there's just ways that this image is kind of set up that yeah have kind of these triangles um definitely include the red in it so good eye little detective good eye <laughs> proud of you all right so we we did some of the vintage ones we talked about the blatant adventure or uh, ad i was about to say adventure roles <laughs> the adventures we're taking hey, today this podcast, okay? gender roles <laughs> it has been an adventure so they're like we get it yeah we get it and then you know it kind of makes sense that okay maybe our market for beer is men and so we're going to create these ads for men that have these objectifying images but what about high fashion ads some people may be surprised to hear or see here in a second that the high fashion ads are also pretty surprising there's a few brands that uh, are notorious for it. But let's take a look at that. This is our last tab that we have up today. Yeah, I find these to be a lot more shocking usually, which is pretty wild thinking about like the kind of glamour that these companies usually kind of promote, right? The kind of high, the chicness. And yeah, I, I, it's ironic to think about all of that and then think about how completely grotesquely offended I've been by looking at their ads, right? Their messaging. Mm hmm. So here's one that has alcohol also, but this one could be just a standalone, you know, and be doing the same thing. Although the man, what looks like a man's hand is around her neck in both of those. But again, we're not seeing the woman's whole, whole face. Definitely red lipstick going on there. Looks like it could be a red lip going on there. Why is this making me want to buy a watch? Uh, I guess if you're a man, it's kind of speaking to all these different weird, violent, <laughs> creepy things you get to do if you wear the watch. I don't know. Um, but again, I like that you think it's being directed, especially just towards men, right? Because absolutely. And then looking at all of the triangles, right? So again, this may come very like tinfoil hat to some listeners out there, but again, <laughs> research it, look it up. You're going to find it's real, right? Um, and at the end of the day, just look at this image, right? We see her, um, the top of her dress, right? Two kind of silver triangles being created mm -hmm. there, a triangle created between the silver dress, right? Like kind of into her cleavage area, even him and holding her neck, which is such a weirdly normalized murdery violent image um yeah and even with his hand he's got like his fingers kind of spread apart in one instance where there's this triangle being kind of created there right the shape of her nose kind of being tilted up and the angle that's taking the angle of between his arm right and her head and that kind of space there so there's a lot of different kind of again pulling your eyes in to looking at this image 
and again, either getting you to look at the watch or maybe look at it and be like, this is cool. Or look at it and be like, what am I looking at? Is this girl getting strangled? Right? Like, I don't know what I'm looking at, but either yeah. way, they're using a lot of that. And Brie, you know me, um, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm colorblind, all the listeners out there. So Brie has to be my, my second pair of eyes, but we talked about the other dominant male color. Now, just mm. correct me if I'm wrong. Is he wearing a blue jacket? I'm assuming it's not bright orange, which is my trouble with those two. So I'm assuming he's wearing a blue jacket, right? In this image. It is blue. Ah, yes, right. So again, what are we what are the messaging behind this, right? Even just status and positioning. Man stands up, man is above her, man has control, right? Could easily really um hurt or incapacitate this woman if chosen, right? Uh, also that air, that color of dominance that's kind of supported with that masculinity as well. And then we have all that other, again, offensive, objectifying, terribly uh, misguided messaging going on, right? And so, yeah, lot to unpack there. I just don't even get the, and the force feeding, the alcohol is also just really disturbing and creepy. Oh man. That does not look like there's consent going on here. No, Mariner, you are creeping me out, man. So let's find some other well-known brands. Oh, there's a lot. When you pulled up the screen, I was already like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. There's too many. Yeah. Let's see. Here. Okay, that's one from Dolce & Gabbana. I'm looking for another one from Dolce & Gabbana that I thought was on. Also, okay, what's going on here? Which one? I'm so confused by a lot of the things I see on the screen. So this one that I just brought up, Suit Supply. This is supposed to encourage is supposed to encourage you to buy this suit because when you buy this suit, you're able to do this. Look apparently. what happens. Look what happens when you buy the suit, right? You are allowed to essentially um, assault women in public by just reaching up their dresses right or looking taking a peek there down them yeah that's totally fine once you're wearing this dress right or i'm sorry once you're wearing the suit <laughs> once you're wearing this dress yeah that made sense oh but yeah <laughs> again speaking to right every kind of issue of what role do i play as a woman what am i expected to act like how am i supposed to get value in our culture men what do you expect out of women mm kind of like this, right? Kind of getting what you want, right? And again, the hierarchy of power. And I'm sure there's probably a plethora of triangles in that. I think the dominant colors are kind of those masculine colors, right? Again, a mm -hmm. lot of this is kind of speaking right on par. Oh, American Apparel. How, how do they do it? They manage to really make like, without really going as far as some of the other ones, because that last one, like looking up like a girl's skirt is just so like, oh, offensive, right? But they see yes. it. I mean, this is still pretty graphic without being graphic. It's just really interesting. They seem to really knock it out right. of the park without going so blatantly far as the other ones, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Look at the triangles going on here, right? Mm -hmm. Look at how many. Look at the one dominant color in the image. Actually, what color is this belt, Brie? It's blue. It's a kind of a royal blue belt and then a baby blue shirt. Oh, it sure is. And then there's too. some blue and red in the tie as well. Oh, look yeah. at that mix. Drawn us both in, huh? <laughs> yes. But again, we see it kind of right on par, right? We see, again, what kind of positioning, what kind of messaging are we sending to women here about my role, right? Usually um, 
well, I can kind of see here that my role is to be extremely sexualized, extremely subservient to kind of show up and just be available for men in this way, because obviously that's what's expected of me. And for men that you are kind of this leader position, you are in power, right? We're literally standing over her in the last few images. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. again, kind of over-sexualizing women is this expectation, right? So, and in there too, we even have, right, thinking about the objectification of that man as well. He's got a very slender body image. He's got uh, a button down, a tie on, like he holds some position of power, again, speaking to kind of that identity for men as well, right? That men are supposed to be kind of, um, you know, maybe the CEOs, right? Kind of going out, making the money, um, you know, businessmen, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, a lot of different right. kind of layers within those images. But yeah, American Apparel, they always surprise me. Oh, and it's not coming up that big. Let's see if it's, there we go. Okay, so this one makes me think, you know, we talked about, especially when we were talking about Dove and maybe Dove was, knowing that they were marketing more towards women. And so that's why they moved towards more body positivity. And then men, you know, maybe they're with acts that they were seeing profit with that kind of advertising. So they stuck with it. But Dolce & Gabbana, I think of that as a pretty unisex company. And still we see things like this. I think this is one of the most famous ones. This is one that I saw in college when I was taking that class, just because you see it and it's definitely one that's hard to believe this was something that made it through editors that made it through you know wherever this was posted people approved this to go to the public and to make you want to buy something from Dolce & Gabbana yeah and not only did they approve it like they really took everything right to kind of subliminally market this they really hit hit it out of the park Right. Like they did an excellent job for all of their intensive purposes. Right. To get us to be saturated with this, to get the messaging to sink in, to speak to certain gender roles. Right. But they really did. I mean, so much in this image to kind of use every effective technique. Right. Not saying it's, mm-hmm. it's the right technique or the messages we want to see being promoted. But they yeah, really kind of home run hit. Right. We see. Think of, again, right off the bat, how many triangles can we kind of make out of this image talking about her leg? Right her arm, the men in their body positioning, that man kneeling next to her with his legs, that man standing on the other side of her, right? There's so many opportunities. There's so many triangles going on. She has that red lipstick on, right? Kind of just again, mm-hmm. showcasing and drawing that attention. And just the, the power of positioning, right? We see just random men in suits standing. It's kind of like, it looks like there's like a men in black scenario going on here. And this yeah. woman, like she was like sunbathing and woke up and was like, why is the men in black here? I'm suddenly uncomfortable. Um, just, again, speaking a lot to, right? Again, women, what's important are body shapes, showing uh, lots of skin, right? Having this certain mm-hmm. perfect idyllic body shape, which I mean, come on, she has no visible markings, no scars. I, I you know, if we zoomed into her face, I guarantee she has not one pore. I, I'm sure that one gentleman, we see his face, right. I'm sure he doesn't have one either, right? So we have this extremely over edited body shape that's meant to be our idyllic body image. Um, and again, yeah, men in suits, positions of power, and then literally standing over her, right? So kind of this, um, yeah, this this face-to-face kind of power differential, right? Of just, I'm above you. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, Dolce & Gabbana, man, I'm just, I'm confused. What are they selling? Yeah. What are they selling? Is it the suits? I guess. I've always known them as handbags, but I guess they have other things. Oh yeah, I'm like, do they have no handbag here? I don't see, yeah, 
not a handbag in sight, right? But yeah, like what? <laughs> Maybe it's a shoe. Yeah, I'm I'm realizing that I'm not too familiar with like what they make. I'm not like a I do I do like Chanel perfume a lot. Um, but other than that, as far as high end fashion companies, I don't buy a lot. So I'm actually not sure. Yeah, like what they really market, what yeah. they really sell. Uh, if it's just handbags, then I'm I'm greatly confused because I don't see any of them I'm here. I'm not sure. Yeah, another... I could be off on that too. I don't know. <laughs> I'm more likely to go to a thrift store than a mall. So <laughs> uh, a million times more likely to go to the thrift store. I had friends over the other day. They were commenting on my furniture, and I was like, "Oh, the thrift store! The thrift store! It's a thrift store!" Mm -hmm. You know, just everything. Oh, um, I hold so much yeah. pride with my finds. Absolutely. Yes. All right, so I think on ads, I think we're good. With looking at those, I think we've had our fill for today. I mean, feel free, absolutely look up all the triangles and colors and everything. If you think we're just sitting over here with our tinfoil hats, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> we should have made some for the episode today. Just put them yeah. up for it. <laughs> no, yeah, I think I think our listeners, you know, it's it's kind of like what we said last time. And again, if you didn't listen in, go back, right? Give it a listen. If you found today interesting, last episode was mm -hmm. really breaking down all of this. So I think you would enjoy it as well. Um, but yeah, so just go back and kind of listen in to um, some of the messages that we're getting, right? And why this is so important. Um, we could spend all day doing this, but we really want you to kind of do that research yourself, right? We think it's really cool after lifting those lenses that we said last time, right? Maybe seeing a new kind of version of like, oh, wow, this is really going on, right? I know for me, the first time learning about those colors or those shapes or just like the messaging in media, like the first time I learned that and went back, it was kind of like, oh, wow, now I'm really seeing all this, mm -hmm. right? So yeah, so we really encourage you, um, go off and do that work. It's super interesting stuff. There's a lot of different, a <laughs> lot of different material resources out there. And again, um, you know, chat with us as well. We'd love to see your finds if you wanted additional yes. information. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can always reach out to us. Right now, I'm actually going to do one last share screen. I'm going to make sure that you all have our um, information up because I know we always share out our, there we go. We always share out our email for our listeners out there. So it's on the screen right now. If you are not watching, um, our email to reach us at is outreach at liveviolencefree.org. So O-U-T-R-E-A-C-H at liveviolencefree.org. So yeah. We would love to hear any comments, any follow-ups from today. Bring JC into the conversation when she's here next time. So, yeah, with that being said, we really appreciate you being here for part of this conversation. We're going to make sure we end today, as usual, with a meditation. So if you are able to take on a meditation right now, feel free to just get yourself kind of cozy in whatever seat that you have. Find yourself in a very comfortable position. You can just start to fully relax your body. And while we're getting situated, I'm gonna start taking what we call our meditative breath. So we're gonna take a nice deep breath in through your nose and exhale through your mouth. And do it like you're blowing out a birthday candle. Take a deep breath in and exhale. Take a deep breath in, gently close your eyes and exhale. Take a deep breath in, big exhale. As you're inhaling and exhaling, start to completely let go 
any tension in your body. Let every muscle just sink heavy into your seats. Let your eyelids feel nice and heavy. Put all of your attention and energy on breathing in and breathing out. With every exhale, sink a little bit deeper in your relaxation. Keep focusing on your breathing. On your next inhale, breathe in as deep as you can. Hold it and exhale. Again, breathe in all the way, fill your lungs. And exhale. It's time to take a deep breath in, fill your mind with positive thoughts. Hold them, exhale any negativity. Breathe in, breathe in some kind words for yourself. Exhale any stress or anxiety. One last big breath in, give yourself some encouragement. Exhale anything you need to let go of. One last big breath in and out. And you can start slowly going back to your normal breathing. Start to wake your body up slowly, wiggle fingers and toes. You can roll wrists and ankles. When you're ready, you can gently float your eyes back open into the room. Feel free to roll shoulders, take any kind of little adjustments, whether it be a stretch, or just wiggling in your seat to wake your body back up. Ooh, did I get a yawn out of you? No. <laughs> yeah. It worked. She's relaxed. Uh, I needed that. When I first closed my eyes, I could tell I've been looking at the screen for a while because my eyes were like, no, don't close. And I had to kind of like look up a little bit and change my head around to actually get my eyes to gently close. Yeah. And just a little side note on that too, right? If you're looking at the computer all day, I know a lot of us are, especially right now, it's kind of like our option, a lot of us with working, right? Um, so make sure, right? I try to wear like blue light glasses a lot of the time, which are super helpful. Um, but also just make sure that we're taking time and kind of like shutting off like that, right? Super, super important mm -hmm. to do that. If you're feeling kind of that fatigue that she spoke about, right? My eyes are feeling it. My brain's feeling it, right? Sometimes it catches up to us without us knowing. So yeah, definitely. Um, Thank you for breathing along with me, Brianna. I'm happy it gave you a little bit of 
energy there, you know, made your eyes feel better. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for leading us in that. Thank you everyone for joining us in this conversation. And we hope that you learned something. I know I learned something from this conversation today and it's something that you can continue to look for throughout the coming days and you can quiz your friends on it <laughs> and just look out for what the media is trying to get across. And just like we said, last time it's not going to be something that if we want this to change it's not going to be overnight it would have to be something that would come from the top down and as far as money goes it's working the way that it's going right now so we don't really see that happening but it can give us a lot of power to know what's going on and to realize the ads that are being marketed towards us so thank you so much for joining this one conversation and we will talk to you next time <laughs>